Open up your Bibles. We're going to be in John 15 today. And before I read it, I want to reiterate a couple of things that I think are important. Jesus is knowing he's dying, so he's transitioning. He's leaving these guys in charge, the disciples, and he's basically now teaching, just in a short period of time, a couple of days, uh, he's teaching how we as believers, they as believers, should live from the time he dies to the time that he returns. You with me? And so this is a teaching that really so many people wonder, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? How am I going to fulfill God's plan? If you do these things, you will fulfill God's plan. You with me? And that's the truth because this is the basis for what every believer is supposed to do. And so here in John 15... uh, This, I believe, is going to be real interesting for us. It's going to be helpful. Jesus was about the disciples and us, or whoever would read this and get saved and give their life to the Lord. These were instructions to be fruitful in life and produce results. Religion is, you know, works for the most part. Christianity should be results. You with me? In other words, there are people in other religions that pray all day long. I mean, that's what they do. And they get no results. They don't expect results. To me, why pray then? Unless you're thinking, well, if I throw enough darts, one of them's going to hit. That is not this kind of approach. And really, all the world religions are people trying to approach God on man's terms. These things right here are doing it God's ways on God's terms. Jesus is speaking here. This is where he's talking about, I'm leaving, I'm going to be with the Father. But he makes this introduction to this teaching. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. The King James says the husbandman. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, is withered, and they or you could say the world, gathers them and throws them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now I'm going to read the next verse even though I said I wasn't. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Notice God gets glory for bearing fruit. What is he talking about in these verses here? The underlying thought is God 
desires, and really, in some senses, you could say, requires us to bring forth fruit in our lives. And when he comes to the end, he says, by this, God's glorified that you bear much fruit. What was the last thing he said about bearing fruit? He was talking about the fruit of answered prayers. How many people imagine what it would be like to see the fruit or the produce of the early disciples' prayer lives? You know, you read in the Bible, they prayed and the building shook. They prayed and somebody got healed. They prayed and God moved on situations. And they say, oh, if I was only back then. You know, God gave us the instruction how we could get answers to prayer. And it's sad if we've lived our Christian life so long that we no longer expect answered prayer. We no longer expect people to be shaken and moved and changed and things influenced. Now, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying in the broad sense, if people have come to that place, that's not a good place to be. So we're going to go through here and look at this and what Jesus actually said. Now, I know this. People have read these verses and have probably heard teaching. I'm going to ask you to do this. Don't hold that against what I'm saying. You say, well, what do you mean? In other words, don't let it taint what you expect to hear. In other words, how many people see red when they shouldn't? You say, what do you mean by that? They have their glasses on and they're shaded red, so when they look at a situation, it's tinted red, they expect it to be that way. Let me make it clear. I've had five girlfriends, and every time I'm with one, they hit me and slap me and call me names, and then I got married twice, and the girl did the same thing. Each woman did this stuff. So now I've got this mindset that every woman slaps, beats, calls names, belittles, and so I say, here are my glasses, all women beat, all women call names, all women are mean. So now I'm going to approach everyone. Hadn't, have you ever heard that before? Oh, all women are like that, or all men are like that. Not all of them are. What's happened to you is now you're seeing through these filters that you've allowed to get in your head. And you're approaching a situation like that. All preachers are like this. You don't know all preachers. All churches are like this. You don't know all churches. Well, this is what God wants. Why do you think that? Because somewhere a seed got put in you, you are wearing it, and you're looking through that lie trying to approach a situation. It's affecting you. You with me? And we can hear truth or try to hear truth through the light we have. Then we have a filter there, and we don't see it like we should. So be open. Be willing to change your thinking if it's clear in the Bible what's being said, right? And then it opens us up. You know, the Bible talks about people who are scornful. It closes them off to knowledge and truth. You know, if you're like, well, I already heard that. I already know that. That's scorning. That's not approaching correctly. And I've already heard that. I already know that. I've read these verses. I know so much. That is scorning. I know that. Do you know what happens? Close you off to knowledge. Closes your heart. You're using your will to go, ah, I know that. Then if you know it, what can God teach you? 
well, you're dismissed. Let's go ahead and walk out and come back. No. People are looking at me like, thanks. But it's true. We need to be open because why? God wants his best for us. John 15, 1. Let's roll. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. So he starts off saying, I'm the vine. Or you could say it like this, I'm the source of life. Because branches receive their life by what they're connected to. He said, I'm the source of life, basically. And then the next part, he said, my father is the vine dresser. In other words, I have a role in your life, and God has a role in your life, or the father has a role. And he said he's the vine dresser. That doesn't mean he dresses you up, like plays dress up. No, a vine dresser literally means one who works like on a grapevine or, you know, a vineyard. And then it literally means a person who prunes, trains, and cultivates vines. That's real important. One who trains and cultivates the vine. In other words, once we are connected to Jesus, God is going to play a role in our life where once we're saved, he's going to start trying to train us, right? Direct us and do a work. Cultivate us. Isn't it interesting now in verse 2 it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the father, the vine dresser, because remember, I'm the vine, he's the vine dresser. In other words, the branches connect to him. So notice what he says, every branch in me. In other words, if you're connected to me, the vine, he said every branch, he that does not bear fruit. So notice that phrase, does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. So he addresses two groups of people that are connected to him. Now, I'll tell you what, I've heard different things and had different discussions. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, there were, I don't know, maybe three of us, and we were talking about this very verse. And it became very startling that if we're not fruitful, the Lord's going to take us away. I mean, isn't that what it said? And we were trying to figure that out. Wow, he's going to take you away. What's he going to do? Well, I wish I would have had enough sense to at least look in my Bible to notice that there's a note, and many of yours have this note where it says, he takes away. It literally, if you look at the note in the margin, or look in like concordances or things like that, it literally means he lifts up. He lifts up. And there's a vast difference between taking away, ripping that out and taking it away, and lifting it up, especially if you understand vineyards and how vines work. The next thing is he prunes the ones that have fruit. He doesn't lift them up. He prunes the one that have fruit so it would produce more fruit. You could say it like this. The one who has no fruit, he lifts up so it can start bearing fruit. The one who is bearing fruit, he will trim, clip, 
make adjustments so it bears even more than it's bearing now. So when he lifts up, how is it that he lifts and how is it that he prunes? Well, he deals with every believer deep down inside. Here is a factor of the person who's been saved. The minute you give your life to Jesus, he comes to live inside of you. And deep down inside, he'll start dealing with you. And if you don't pay attention to those dealings, then you will become uh, not fruitful. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. But deep down inside, I remember when I first got saved, I knew three things right off. Nobody said it. Nobody preached a sermon. I just got saved and I knew way down inside, you need to be careful who you hang around with. You need to quit listening to the music you're listening to. Nobody preached a sermon and said, don't listen to that music. I just knew. Nobody had to. I just knew down inside. And he dealt with me, you need to start reading the Bible on a regular basis. And so I started doing that. Within a couple of weeks, I would go home. I had a habit before I was saved on Sunday morning to hang out with my friends, and we would watch the Munsters. It's not bad. F Troop, and then football would come on. It wasn't on like it is today all the time. So I would leave church and go home, and I kept this habit, except I couldn't watch some of the first stuff, but football I could because I got home in time for it. And I would turn on the TV, and something inside of me, way deep down inside, would start scratching. This isn't right. Something's not right. I'm like, what is this? And I was so good, I just ignored it. Just flat ignored it. But I noticed when I ignored that, it made my life more miserable, and it started affecting my walk with God. I was bummed, and I was, but I loved the Lord, and it would happen. I'd get sensitized at church, and I'd go home, and I'd override that, and I'd think, what's going on? And I noticed my prayer life was being affected, and, but I loved the Lord so much, it was like there was enough energy to go forward, but at the same time, I was internally conflicted, and I'd turn it on in that same thing, and it was real deep down inside that this would occur. And here's the thing I wish I would have known was his dealings only become effective in my life when I obey him. In other words, he wants fruit. He wants more fruit. The only way I get adjusted or get lifted up or get pruned is when I obey the vine dresser's dealings. You with me? And so here's something you need to know about a vine dresser. This is important. A vine dresser does clip the upper branches that are bearing fruit on grapevines. If you know anything about them, they build like little trellis things and they grow them up and across the top. But vine dressers will tell you that the ones that get down low need to be lifted so they get light. But sometimes they get down on the ground. Usually they're in warm places and there's certain types of soil. Well, the dirt gets stirred up on the leaves. And when they're down on the ground, those ones that are down on the ground do not bear fruit. They don't die, 
They just don't bear fruit or just almost none. And so what the vine dresser will do when he finds a vine down on the ground is he'll lift it up on the trellis, and then after he lifts it up, he'll rinse the dirt off the leaves and the dust because that dirt and dust starves those leaves from being able to take in the light so it can be strong and produce fruit. But if you notice, God doesn't do all that. He does it through his dealings. I have to respond. If not the dirt of the world, the dust of the world, the things of the world, I'm still connected to the vine, but I'm down in a position where I'm not bringing forth fruit. And the only way to get clean is not to fast. It's not to pray. It's not to give extra in the offering, do more for the Lord. It's do the things he deals with you about. Because what is his dealing to you? Fruit and more fruit. Fruit and more fruit. Fruit and more fruit. Fruit and more fruit. Well, this doesn't matter if, if I obey his promptings or not. Depends what you want in this life. Depends what you want for eternity and how you want eternity to turn out. Somebody said, you think I won't go to heaven? No, I didn't say that. But heaven is determined the way it will be for people by what they do in the earth. You with me? And so God deals with people, just this still, small knowing inside. You can have lost people around you, and you're like, I don't know if I should do that. And they'll encourage you to do it. Why? What's the difference? Uh, the difference is, this little prompting, this little scratching that I know, is God. And if I don't do this, it affects me. The worldly stuff gets on, the light gets choked out, and now I'm affected and I'm miserable. Somebody said, well, it's hard to obey. It's way harder not to. Amen? Somebody said, no, it's working out for me. No, it's not. No, it's not, and it'll get worse. So when we hear these terms and recognize what a vine dresser does, he'll lift up leaves or vines. Then once they're lifted, he'll clean the dirt off of them. Then it's interesting what he says here in verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He wasn't changing thoughts. He was progressing right along. In other words, the Father is going to deal with all the people in the kingdom of God that are bearing fruit and that are not bearing fruit so they can get fruit and get more fruitful in life. And what's interesting, though, he said, but you guys are already clean through my word. Now, you remember this. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, I don't speak of myself. Whatever the Father says, that's what I say. So what he's saying here is, listen, guys, you've been following, you are obeying, you're doing. Basically, he's saying you are in a proper position now that when I die, you will bear fruit. Obviously, he already knew they believed things, they were responding, they would then get saved at that point, and they would already be in position because they are responding to him, they're doing the things he said, they're responding to his promptings, his leadings, but he's not just doing them inside, he's telling them. He said, you guys are ready, you're clean. When you transition into new life, 
when I die and rise, you're going to just start pumping out fruit. Isn't it true? We watch that in their lives. We go, whoa. And, we, and what we do is we dream, if I was only one of the apostles, like they had something we didn't have. Or if I was only there then and I could uh, get some of the fruit that rolled away from them, how good it would be. But God didn't want us to partake of fruit that rolls away from them. He wants us to bear fruit. And he's giving specific instructions right here on how to be fruitful. You with me? So verse 4, he goes on and makes this statement. Abide in me and I in you. You with me? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So he's basically reiterating about abide in me and I in you. How is it that we abide in him and he abides in us? Well, one, we abide in him by receiving him. We know that from the teaching that we just went through. But how is it that he truly abides in us? Well, we can see in the context, and we'll look a little further, that him abiding in us or his truth abiding in us or his word abiding in us is not all the scriptures I can quote. It's not. Because I know somebody who can probably quote more scripture than you. And you're like, you? No, the devil. And don't put us together. The devil can quote more than you or me. And we see he quoted some to Jesus. But is he fruitful? No. What is a word abiding in us? The word that abides in us is the word we do. If he deals with me, but I reject that word, that word is not living and having its home in me. I'm not allowing it to have its right place in me. So when he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can have fruit. Notice verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the true vine, verse 5. Isn't it interesting that he makes that statement again? I am the true vine. Why is that important? Because there's many vines in this life that would like to connect with you and pump into you what they have or get from you something. Isn't it interesting, the very first verse, he starts off with that same terminology, I am the true vine. Well, if there's a true one, there's a false one. He says here, I am the true vine. You are the branches. It wouldn't take us long to figure out if we cut a bunch of branches off of a vine and loaded them in the back of a truck and took them away that those things are doomed. Right? He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
for without me, you can do nothing. Now, I've heard people say this concerning that verse, without me, you can do nothing. And then people go, oh, you know, you can't do anything without the Lord. Yeah, you can do a lot of things without the Lord. You can do a lot of things without the Lord. How many of you, before you were saved, did some things? Or do you just sit there? I know your problem. you got to get saved. I mean, if that's how you were all through school, and they just moved you from place to place, oh, they're lost. Because without the Lord, you can't do anything. Well, aren't there a lot of professional athletes that people watch on TV doing something and getting a bunch of money for it, and businessmen, and, and they're not all saved? So you can't take this verse and make it say something that it's not saying. What is he talking about? Bearing fruit. Having life flow through you. His ability flowing through you to bring effect and bring change. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And the nothing you can do is bear fruit of answered prayer without me. And have an effective life spiritually without me. And how many people think that I don't have to obey his promptings and I can still be fine and effective with the Lord. I mean, nobody here would think that. But I mean, how many people out there would think that? And really what he's trying to do is cure problems. Bring answers to people. And so here he's saying, listen, I'm the true vine. If you really want something in this life... You're going to get it through me if it's going to be spiritual and have true effect. It's going to be through me, but you're going to have to respond. I'll deal with you. Hebrews says this, there is no child, in other words, somebody who gave their life to the Lord, that the Lord does not deal with. The issue is sometimes we're looking for something up in our head. I remember when all that was happening you know, I was like, oh, Lord, speak to me. I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to me. And I was waiting for this big booming voice. But then every day I'd go home on Sunday after church and something in here would be going, ugh, 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 don't do this. And I'm like, Lord, speak to me. Nobody's ever done that. Lord, I need you to talk. If you would just talk to me. If you'd just make this plain. And on the inside, it's like egg beaters are going off. And, I'm, and you know, and it's hurting you know what I mean by that? It's hurting. It's not just that they're there. You know, like the old saying, good moms let you lick the egg beaters after they've made the cake mix. You ever heard that saying? And great moms turn it off before you lick it. Because <laughs> it would hurt. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, but I've got this thing going off in me, and the only cure for it is to obey. The only cure is to obey. But what does the obedience bring? It brings a lifting. It brings a cleansing. It brings a pruning. It brings more fruit. Or it brings the lifting and then the development of fruit. So is God against people and wanting to mess their life up? Or... You know, and so many people want to get glory 
to God in their life and really deep down want to glorify him, he said, remember we read verse 8? This is how you do it. And so he said, without me, you can do nothing. In other words, you're not going to get these results apart from connecting and obeying. No matter how much you want, no matter how much you do, it won't happen. Notice verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and he's withered. In other words, if you disconnect, and the way people disconnect is just obey long enough. And then they go off and do their own thing, and they start shriveling. You ever seen anybody like that? They start drying up. You ever bent a leaf that was wet and bent one that was dry? They make different noises. Same with people who are connected and not, and people who are obeying and not. I mean, they start bending them, they get a little crackly, and you're thinking, whoa. It used to baffle me. I didn't understand. My salvation experience was so strong, and I got saved and was around four or five friends, and I watched some of them go forward, and a couple of them really struggle with God, and and I would think, oh, I don't understand why. Now looking at these things, totally understand. They were going out doing things, following different things that were starting to lead them astray. And they just dried up and the world consumed them. Just burned them up. And they know the Lord today, but they're just consumed with the world. They're not fulfilling kingdom purposes for the most part. They're, they're not doing kingdom work. They probably have little or no prayer life. I'm still friends with some of them. I like some of them. Well, I, I like them all, I guess. But, you know, some of, at least a couple of them. Um, but the issue is, I feel for them. But the cure is the same for all people. Somewhere, you had to close out a dealing. And so he said, verse 6 here, he said that these branches, they're cast out as a branch, it's withered, and they, the world, you could say, gather them, throw them in the fire, and they're burned. You just have to remember this. We as Christians don't live by the same rules that the world does. So they can do things we can't do, and it doesn't seem to have the same effect. But internally, when we disobey, it can jack you up. Especially if we are persistent to not respond to the dealing, we stay down in the dirt, we stay unfruitful, the light that we live by is not penetrating because we've allowed things to be there just because we've refused to respond to the Lord. And it doesn't matter how positive you are and how much you try, you can make it in life and maybe become a billionaire. But the issue is, it's about what's happening internally. It's about spiritual things. This life is not just about accumulation, though it's fine to accumulate, but it's about doing God's things His way. And when we don't do that, it affects us. I mean, 
If you've been saved any length of time, you know these verses. You can go, I know that person, oh, that person, or that person. You with me? That did these things, and man, they were good people. They were on fire for the Lord. They loved him. They knew better, but they chose. Well, what's their answer? The same way they got out. Not pray extra hours. Not read their Bible an extra amount. But reasoning the answer away won't help them either, but just openly acknowledging the Father and then doing what? When he deals or the thing they know they need to do, they got to do it or they'll just keep drying, withering, and it'll keep getting worse. Is it that we don't love them? No, we totally love them. But the world's getting a hand on them and it's not good. I mean, when you have to ask yourself as a Christian, when was my most satisfied time? It was when I was walking the most obedient with the Lord. It's a good question. It's not about trying to find a bunch of rules. It doesn't say there's a bunch of rules you have to follow here. He, what is he saying? This is about a relationship and an inward dealing. This isn't about you going, okay, we're going to put these 12 rules up on the refrigerator and everybody's going to obey these. They may not be the thing God's dealing with you about. And they may all be good. And sometimes the things God is dealing with you about, nobody knows but you. Nobody knows but you. And the thing about that is, then you can go against it, and nobody knows but you. But then people think, I wonder why they're struggling so much with their walk. Now people are knowing, but they don't know why. Because our walk is personal. And instead of gaining and getting fruit and more fruit, it's going the wrong direction. There's only one remedy. Obeying. How many times have we known something to do? I do need to pick up that Bible and start reading. I, I get stirred, and then we go, oh, I'm too busy. And it might not be that for you. But if we would start doing it, you say, man, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, lifting it up, getting the dirt off of, not the word, the leaves, can be hard sometimes. He gives the word, we make the adjustment. But the fruit is the byproduct of it. Super important. And so we should not be shriveling. We should not be drying up. You know, we shouldn't be covered with dirt of the world. We should respond. Then if you're bearing fruit already and the Lord's dealing with you and you say, how far must I go? Keep going, it'll be better. Keep going, it'll be better. Keep responding to him. I, doesn't everybody know somebody who you think, I know now where they're at. I have their cure. Anybody think like that now? I've got their cure. I could help them. They're supposed to forgive. They don't want to. They've been hurt. They're shriveling. The Lord deals with them. Yeah, but I've been hurt. 
The Lord says, forgive. We know it inside. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter. Forgive. Or you'll shrivel, and you'll lose your strength, and you'll try to press with no strength. Yeah, but you know how I was wronged. Let me just tell you something. You're going to get wronged again. It just won't take long for you to get wronged. And if the devil knows, he's going to try to work through people to wrong you just to get you going the wrong way. Because he'll know you'll respond to it. And then you're miserable, life is miserable. And I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about the people who aren't here today that you know. You know what I'm talking about? Those people are we're talking about. We're all the ones here. Right? No, I'm serious. Sort of. Kind of. A little bit. Okay, I got to tell the truth or I'm going to have to, Lord, forgive me. But it's the truth. How many people are out there that are not doing what they should do know what they should do? I'm talking believers. But they decided it was okay to compromise a little bit. And they went against that inward knowing. The vine dresser was like, no, no, no. This is not the time to go backwards and go to the ground and start collecting dirt and then stop bearing fruit. This is the time to produce more fruit. Ah, no, you know, I'm just, I've been out here. And he'll reason, the enemy will reason with you why it's just not a worthy choice. Well, verse 7, because we've got to close. Now, I will say this concerning verse 7. It's almost identical to verse 4. And really what it is, it's bringing clarity to him abiding in us and us abiding in him. He explains now clearly what it is and then what the fruit is that he wants in your life or one of the areas of fruit. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. Notice he changed me abiding into my word abiding in. And we've seen the way his word abides in us is when I take it and accept it and act on it. If he deals with me and I know it and I don't do it, I've pushed his word out. not going to have that. And I'm choosing to either stay where I'm at or to go backwards. Because there is no in-between when it comes to the things of God. So he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, in other words, you, you respond to it. Isn't it interesting how many times he says you? Anybody ever notice that? If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done to you for you. I wonder if he's talking to you. wonder, somebody said he might be talking to you. Well, he is talking to you. No, you're like, no, you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's talking to you. He's talking to all yous, and I'm one of those yous, right? A lamb. Okay, somebody will get that later. Oh, a you. Oh, 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 I get that now. His sheep, his yous, hear his voice. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, in other words, if you respond... Then you'll ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. Qualified. 
You know what's cool? Is we all know his dealings. That's good news. I didn't say we all like his dealings. We all know him. Right? Especially the ones that kind of go in line with what we want to do. Those are the good ones. But I found that not all of them go in line with what I want to do, and so I got to do it. Because you know why? We only have one life to be effective. And if we don't do this, we won't be as effective. I need my family affected. I need my relatives affected. I need people affected. And if I don't do this, this affects my effectiveness. And it doesn't matter how well I preach, how I can play a trumpet or a music instrument. If I don't do this, without him I can do nothing the right way to bear fruit.